0: Welcome
1: aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, yes. how you doing? I'm looking forward to the springtime. It's been a rough, hard, long winter here in Los Angeles. Uh, no, but let's like understand it, it has been raining for like six weeks. Yes. I'm sick of it. I'm truly sick of the rain. I
0: like the um, rain, I like the cold, and I like when it's nice and gray outside. But uh, it does get tedious after a while
1: i would say the second you get a dog you will stop liking the rain Sure, your dog unless your dog likes the rain most dogs don't like the rain but when yeah when you have to walk a dog at six in the morning it sucks anyway uh it especially sucks when it's when it's raining uh and your dog has a little uh uh, boot because she has a oh, uh, that's right she has a bad leg. So then the boot gets all wet. You got to keep everything dry. So sick of the rain. See, and that's the thing. It's, it's... You're telling me that,
0: and to me, that just sounds adorable.
1: Oh, it is adorable. She's okay. the sweetest. Um, but uh, but in keeping with this, look forward to finally getting some warm weather here in Los Angeles. Um, it, no, it did snow. We didn't talk
0: about. Yeah, it. Yeah, I was then. in Rancho Cucamonga, and for about 15 minutes, I was in my car. and was like what? And it was I didn't so. It. it was out of it because I don't associate snow with California, despite Rancho being kind of near the hills. Um, Like stuff was falling as I was walking to my car and I was like... Is it raining? No, this isn't rain. It's not hail either. What yeah. is this? There's no I, current I forest fires, so it can't be ash. Yeah. I've lived in snowy <laughs> climates. I know what <laughs> snow is, but I just my brain yeah. wouldn't connect it. And then when I realized that's what it was, yeah. I was like, okay, well, I guess it's all over.
1: I was bummed to miss the snow. I'm bummed this week. I haven't seen any of the Painted Lady Butterflies. Have you seen the butterflies? No. They're all over the place, apparently. Apparently. Um, uh, they don't make their way to North Hills that often. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> my favorite... Um, thing with snow though is if you go up to like big bear mm. or like arrowhead or whatever where it actually does snow and your car's there while it snows then you get to drive down the mountain and then you're in san Bernardino driving around in 70 degree weather yeah. with snow on your car and like you're practically causing accidents people are giving, <laughs> you, like, giving you weird looks uh, i love that but no in keeping with the warmer weather we have a postcard we love when our listeners send us postcards. You can find mm-hmm. our PO box on the, on the, on the website, uh, yeah, on the website. Uh, and this is from our friend Peter mm-hmm. who is sends us postcards all the time. We met him at our 10, uh, 10 year anniversary. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, party at the uh, yeah. Tonga hut, which was two um, years ago. Um, Oh, I guess so. Yeah. No, it wasn't a 10 year anniversary party. It was a 500 episode. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, which was more than well, two years, yeah. a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, he'd send us a picture of Red Rock Canyon. Hmm. Um, not that I want to give away this guy's location. Hopefully he's moved on by then. I want people stalking Peter, uh, through the state of Colorado. Um, wait, is that where Red, Rock, or no, Red Rock's in Nevada? Uh, right. You just gave it away again. I mean, literally <laughs> you could have gone with
2: Colorado and gotten away with it.
1: <laughs> um, and he has a question if we, uh, he, he was trying to think of how many actors have been in both Marvel and DC movies. I don't know. He came up with a bunch. I'm not good at that sort of thing. Um, I mean, does he mean like the current slate of DC movies? No, nor does he mean the current slate of Marvel movies because he includes um, Ben Affleck for Daredevil. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's a Marvel movie. So anyway, that's a fun exercise that I'm. You're talking to the wrong person, Peter. I'm not good at. Yeah. I've if seen half of the movies. If and if I'm not to do good that exi- movie. exercise right now
0: it would just be a lot of silence as I'm just sitting and thinking. <laughs> uh, that's something that I'll do off mic. Yeah. yeah. I can think of two immediately, and then that's I'd have to what th- do you got? The, uh, Keaton and Affleck. That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I forget oh. about I for some reason maybe it's because of the Sony connection. I always forget about Spider-Man: Homecoming as part of the MCU even though yeah. he, it absolutely is yep. but it just never registers to me
1: um, well here's another one that I, uh, I would be did think of. it's the first one on his list that I w- Josh Brolin was in two Marvel movies Deadpool 2 and uh, Avengers Infinity War and I guess right. it'll be an endgame as well he was also Jonah what he, Hex what if he isn't <laughs> what, if, what, what if he's not an endgame at all? Well, I know, I, what the hell happened here? Um, <laughs> just a bunch
2: of therapists. Yeah, sessions. they just keep talking about him, but nobody sees him.
1: I mean, I have heard, not that this would still mean he's in the movie, but I have heard, and I guess spoilers for Infinity War at this point. Um, well, Infinity War. Infinity oh, right. War yeah.
2: That one I saw. Okay, I have um, the other.
1: I have heard the, the, the fan theory that that scene of him at the end is actually him in some sort of afterlife that he actually snapped himself out of existence and that's uh, absolutely not going to happen, but that'd be awesome. (laughs) That's a fun (laughs) one. That's a neat idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there's a bunch, um, uh, recent addition. See, now I'm looking at his list. Uh, Willem Dafoe was in Spider-Man movies and recently in Aquaman. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you did mention, yes, Josh Brolin was in Jonah Hex. Not that anybody
0: remembers at all. Yeah. Uh, it was a complete, Bust, but uh, but I'm glad he found his that's, his legs.
1: That's always my reaction, my rebuttal to the idea when when certain types of fans or studios get the idea like oh. Catwoman woman bombed we can't make female superhero movies it's like they kept making movies after jonah hex based on comics yeah. <laughs> like it, it doesn't have anything to do with the gender or they
0: just kept making movies in yeah. general yeah. after yeah. jonah
1: hex uh, <laughs> i didn't i
0: shouldn't i didn't see you jonah to shut it down, <laughs> down at that point right <laughs> the, uh, the industry kind of looks inward and they're like you know what what are we doing yeah. here let's change this name to Nader, and then we will we're done um, let's pay some bills absolutely okay so this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Every day Movie premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece, a movie you've been dying to see, or one you've never heard of before. Uh, there are always 30 different films to discover. With Movie, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch than actually watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. Currently available on Movie is Abel Ferrer's 444 444- the last day on Earth. Speaking of Willem Dafoe, uh, this is a film that uh, back when we did our uh, short-lived video series um, at uh, Cinephile Video, yeah. Um, yeah, which they're still available on uh, YouTube. You can check those out. But we did do an episode about 4:44, and it is a film that, uh, as I was looking it up, I realized like it is not liked that much, but I liked it quite a bit. Yes, I think it's a really interesting view of like uh, essentially. In, in the world of the film, everybody knows when the world is going to end uh, and what time, which is 4.44 a.m., um, I believe. Yeah. And... You're just dealing with and, and people are dealing with what that would look like. And some people clearly don't believe it. You see people at the gym uh, <laughs> and and other people. There's just a lot of people Skyping with one another. Um, Wait, and, so they know the specific day or they just know that someday at 444 no, day.
2: because oh, I like the idea of the lottery of not knowing the day. <laughs> and Because then every day you're just like 443. You're like, what the hell? You're waiting. You is know, kind of now. Don't. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> that way.
0: It is the end time. Certainly. We can't argue. Um, but uh okay so yeah uh 444 is a movie that david and i both really like so you can find that a movie and then hey once you watch it head on over to our uh youtube channel and you can see that review no. which is at this
1: okay. point go to uh, com and search for it right yes that's true yeah. yeah you can find it that way as well
0: um but yeah so uh that's uh david told me that that's called synergy <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, try movie free for thirty days at movie dot com slash battleship that 's mubi dot com slash battleship for a whole month of great cinema for free
1: and I want to tell you about, uh, something I think our guest knows about, uh, tweaked audio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. I literally just ordered a new pair this week, um, uh, to listen to it, to use it at work. Uh, and the thing I was listening to today, my tweaked earbuds, uh, is a, I'm really bad with metal subgenres. I like metal a lot, but you get into some of the subgenres. So apparently according to the blog, the metal blog I read, this is a crust slash sludge band. I don't know. But they're called Wardens with W A R D E H N S. Uh and their album is called Now Cometh the Foul. And I was uh very much enjoying it and it sounded great on my tweakdaudio.com earbuds today. They're available at a low, low price at tweaked but if you use the offer code pretension, At checkout, you get one-third off that low, low price. And no shipping charges. So, yeah, no shipping charges. They do ship. No shipping charges. So go to com and use the offer code pretension.
0: I do love that, by the way. There's no shipping, but there will be charges. Just a head up <laughs> <Yeah>. on that. <laughs> Make sure you got to go pick them up somewhere.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have not formally introduced our guest, Tyler, who is sitting across from you. It has been far too long
0: since I, <laughs> since our guest, who looks pained to be introduced. At I, this absolutely point. not. No, please, <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Uh, it's been far too long since he's been on. He's a, a, a comedian and a the host of the Forty Year Old Boy podcast. It's Mike Schmidt. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, Tyler. Thank you so much for
2: inviting me. You, uh, you've often tried to include me in your uh the live uh the, the things where everybody comes over and watches an hour of a film or something mm-hmm, like yeah, that or, yeah. or 15 minutes of a film right and it just never
0: lined up for us
1: unfortunately but we,
0: uh, i think we had you it was years ago at this point but we had you on to talk about uh, texas chainsaw massacre yeah yeah so, was, Do you uh, want
1: to know what i remember about that what the story here's the story i'll tell about that is that uh we were supposed to after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, someone was going to pick us up lunch. That's right. And so you were like, uh, you were like, "Oh, I'm bummed that I'm not going to be here, or else I'd get something from Wendy's." And then your wife Jenny, I guess, just decided she was hungry and decided to go get us lunch early. And then so you and I got to eat spicy chicken sandwiches or whatever yeah, in, in, front in front of Mike. Front of <laughs>
2: that was the best. Thanks. Yeah, And then never asked me back for five years.
1: <laughs> we can't risk it
2: again. You should have had them. Literally, should have been eating weddings when I walked in the door. I would have been, here, have a propel. Um, Mike, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I'm happy to do the show, and I always enjoy doing it. And I'm glad you guys are still doing a show. Podcasting is a uh, you know, coin flip sometimes, and sometimes people move on and get things going on with their lives. Or Also, there are people who wind up with five different podcasts, and they shun the yeah. one that made them a podcaster. So I'm happy you guys are going strong.
1: Thank you.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't even know what episode. It's 620 something? This is 626. 626. So, yeah, we've been doing this for six hundred and twenty six weeks. Nice putting it that way. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's that's
1: nuts. But that means we're only 40 weeks away from what we've what we've been aiming for this entire time. Episode six, six, six. Well, you with your metal box, certainly. I mean, Jesus Christ.
2: And by the way, I enjoy the fact that you're like, I'm listening to Ward Hens with the uh, here cometh the foul. And it's not a great on my tweaked audio earbuds. I got news for you. Those earbuds are doing a lot of the heavy lifting (laughs) behind Ward Hens. I'm sure I'm sure they sounded crisp as hell. Those uh, those earbuds are just straining to bring you <laughs> the best possible mix of ward hens you could possibly enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> Holy I,
1: shit! Yeah, I definitely translated that crust slash sludge. Awful. What <laughs> no. a what a
2: horrible mess. Yeah, and you I, said no, ward, a really good band. But. No, all right, but here's my question. You said wardens, like, but it's, you said there's an H. Yeah, so it's basically ward hens.
1: No, but it's e h, not hen.
0: It's ward. oh, okay. Then that, that it's spoils like my premise. Warden
1: or Wardane? I'm not sure how you're supposed to say
0: Wardane. Yes, Wardane is. I could see a metal band really <laughs> steering into that pronunciation yeah is there an umlaut somewhere Usually <laughs> anywhere
1: in this case i don't think so because i uh, thought uh, if,
2: if here cometh the foul i thought like everything was like i thought it was ward hens and it was foul like with a w <laughs> and i'm like these guys it's like a metal band about chickens dude oh, I i'm on board with that just me and gonzo the muppet are like loving that
1: oh well you know there's now uh i don't know if two is enough to uh to constitute a whole scene or subgenre, but there are metal bands about baseball players the names of the metal bands are puns of existing metal bands so there's a metal band called pig destroyer and then there's another band called puig destroyer oh boy okay <laughs> um uh, all songs about yasiel puig and then just as of and i'm as a saint Louis was cardinals fan i was very excited about this there's a there's a metal band called kowloon walled city and now there's a metal band called Colton Wong City. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it is metal songs about Colton Wong. Who has
0: the time? It's <laughs>
2: exhausting right? to even hear about. Yeah. Uh, you just want to nick a nap after hearing all that f- stretching that's going on. You could read through that premise for fuck's sake. Good yeah. God.
1: Yeah, as soon as I heard I heard about Colton Wong City, and I was like, okay, I like Kowloon Walled City, yeah. and I like the St. Louis Cardinals, I want to tell people about this, but I don't know anyone else who has no. the exact same mix. I have news. You are the target audience. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was it. They said, you know what? They've been we, listening to this for got, 626 we weeks. And <laughs> <laughs> they said, we are on board. Let's find it for yeah. David. Good <laughs> 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 Christ. Birds on the bat and a fucking, is it like it with a guitar though with the birds? On? I don't even, I can't even that, imagine.
1: The logo is just Colton. Wall. it's just a picture of Colton. We on the album. cover. <laughs> sure.
2: Well, they did all the thinking with the name of the band <laughs> <laughs> and writing the songs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, So thank you. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, And because I, I'll say this because I uh, have been, because i just watched fighting with my family i've been thinking about wrestling lately so when you said crush and sludge i was like oh they were members of demolition right
1: <laughs> i don't get That's, that yeah. i Did don't you know anything about wrestling, wrestling.
0: Uh, or do you still watch wrestling so, i don't who know who you talking to
2: here <laughs> well
1: i don't i didn't <laughs> want to
2: assume uh and it, but sludge was not in demolition it no, was know, axe and smash and crush as we all <laughs> as we all know uh but yeah i i you know and metal and and, and Wrestling kind of go hand in hand there, so yeah. uh, even now they have that bad... Everybody gets some generic new metal song as their fucking theme song when they walk out to the room. Do rain. you still no. watch it? I know everything that's going on. Uh, I'll read the Wrestling Observer kind of every day their website, mm-hmm. but I don't. I can't watch. I I went to New Japan. I mean, I saw, I went to Japan. I was in Japan and I saw Mm -hmm. stardom, which is women's wrestling. Okay. And the new Japan wrestling came here and I saw two shows when they were in LA. And then I saw them the year later, they came and did a show in LA and I went to that one. Um, But it's fading for me. Like I can't watch WWE because it is, it's, Stupid. It just okay. is. We, you know, I'm, I'm, when you're a kid, you suspend your disbelief, but you're also like, and I, I like violence and I don't mind the soap opera part of it, right? But it's got to be better. You know what I mean? It's like anytime they, cause they treat it like a television show and I totally get that on WWE. That makes sense. But then, like, a guy will win a match and then they'll go, let's go to the back and they go to the back and there's a wrestler like walking as if he doesn't know there are cameras on him. <laughs> He's walking in and then a guy walks up to him and goes, Hey man, you were <laughs> supposed to say that to me. And he goes, Well, what are you talking about? And they have an argument on, there's a camera right in their face. <laughs> yeah. And we'll supposed to see you there yeah it's it's (laughs) that's that sort of thing that i can't suspend my disbelief that much and also i like uh i like violence and and uh and i like guys that are good on the mic and they have these really long-winded promos and stuff like that now so i mean in the glory days and again here's an old man but i mean when i grew up the guys on the microphone were so much better than the guys now Hmm. um so i mean that's that you know i learned a lot about language and being you know when when um I watched the Ric Flair ESPN show uh, when they did a documentary on him. And that's another thing. It's a two-hour documentary. It could have been nine. I mean, there's so so many things they didn't touch on. Andre the Giant on HBO was yeah. it was brilliant. Um, but again, same thing, where they you're, you're trying to compress a legend into into an hour and 21 minutes or something, and it's like, no, man, this, this should be told. It's a big
0: story. Well, I think that in a situation like that, and I feel this way about the Andre the Giant documentary, it's one of the things that kept me from really liking it that much is that I think they're... In his case, because of the the Princess Bride connection, I think they felt like, oh, this will have a larger appeal than just to wrestling fans, which is probably true. But in doing so, when you try to go for that larger appeal, you're going to dilute the the subject a little bit (laughs) and make it less interesting. To me, the stuff that the documentaries that tend to be most interesting about a very specific subject is like. No, dig in as deep as you want. If I get lost at some point, that's on me. Yeah. You know, and if you and if you do your job well, I'll be able to like make those jumps past the stuff I don't understand because I will find it the fact that someone would find it this interesting, even if it's not me, that actually will be enough to carry me through. But like when you try to do the general thing, it tends not to work for me. But but with a larger-than-life guy like Andre the Giant, they kind of have that's to do that. Interesting, yeah. That's
2: what I'm saying because they, they had to deal with it as, as as attraction, as human being, yeah. and then as crossover star. Right. So that's how you're trying to compartmentalize it and make it available for everyone. Yeah. But I I want to hear about the nights in Winnipeg. I want to hear about mm-hmm. him on the road. I want to know what it was like because again, he get a little taste of what it was like to live as a, as a giant, a freak, yeah. and be looked at weird, and he couldn't fit in a car and all those things and um, you know, you, you've seen Beyond the Mat. Have you seen Beyond the Mat? Mm-hmm. I have not. Uh, you, oh, you, yeah. you, yeah, you got to see it. Yeah, because I, I watched Beyond the Mat and I was stunned because again, it's it's naked. I mean, they they, mm-hmm. they show you, you know, it's it's essentially what the wrestler was came out of that. You know what I mean? It's like you know, the wrestler is the is the real life version movie of of Beyond the Mat, mm-hmm. uh, or the fictional version of Beyond right. the Mat, and and it was it was so great the way they handled. It. And also one thing one thing I loved about Beyond the Mat is. When they go, they show the guys a long way down, or like that segment of Boogie Nights where they're like, "All right, long way down." Right. And uh, Coco Beware is fighting in North Platte, Nebraska, in a in a high school, and I'm like, I didn't stand up there. <laughs> and then another guy is in like another place in Minnesota. I did stand up there, South Dakota. I did, you know, literally all these towns because that's the thing. It's the Carney coming through. They have a stand up or they have whatever they yeah. anything to keep people entertained in, the, in those smaller towns. Um, and he's acting like he's just at the you know the, the end. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, oh boy, that was on my way up. You know, I went through those towns. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you get beyond the mat it's just it's just phenomenal. It's a really good documentary. Uh, I I and also by the way, it's uh, if you want to see. A supremely unlikable version of the most likable person in the world. Watch Beyond the Mat.
0: Who's the most likable
2: person in the world? The Rock. Oh, interesting. He is. he's, He's just a charisma fucking beacon. Yeah, and he's just you're drawn to him, and everything you see that big smile, and he's amazing. Yeah, and he. There's a segment where he comes off. Awful. I mean, it's real bad, and and I don't know if he ever resolved it or anything with with you know. It's I I don't want to spoil it for you unless right. you want me to. But I mean, it's it's. Uh, but yeah, he comes off looking real bad.
0: That's interesting, and I feel like <laughs> give it a little time because. <laughs> People <laughs> these days are kind of digging into other podcasts. Well, he's far. not going to get
2: me too'd for this. I mean, he right. just—he wrestling is all about taking care of the other performer, and wrestling is all about right. this, this sort of stuff. And he was involved. Well, I'll just I'm going to fucking tell yeah, you—he yeah. yeah. was involved in a no holds barred uh, and I quit match mm. with Mick Foley. Okay. And Mick Foley was known for taking suicide bumps. Yeah. He got he got thrown off the top of the cage through you know just he's just amazing and he's willing to take a beating. And it you know it's he paid for it. Now he's gone through a million surgeries, mm-hmm. but in this match he's fighting the rock in an I quit match. And the big, you know, the crescendo is he handcuffs Mick Foley's hands behind his back and he's hitting him with a chair in the head because it's, you know, because back then this was the attitude Era, so right. this was the era. This was violence. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, wailing on him. I mean, it's, it, and, and the documentary is powerful because, uh, Mick Foley's wife and his children are in the front row watching. Jeez. I believe, I believe they're, I don't know if they're in the building or they're in the, or maybe in the okay. back, or I think they're in the seats and they're watching it happen. And every time you hear the chair hit, he shows the kids flinch and the, and the wife is about to cry. I mean, it's just, yeah. he's taking a pounding and, uh, the rock did not take care of him. I mean, the rock made it look mm. as realistic as possible. He looked like he, he was going to beat a guy to death with a chair. Yeah. And when they went into the back, you know, makes a bloody mess. He's covered in blood and they're sewing him up and, uh, and Rock comes in and is very aloof to him in the room. And he's just like, all right, man, well, we'll catch you. And he, and he walks out. Hmm. No, no, thank you for putting me over. No, uh, are yeah. you okay? No, none of it. He just, he just is, he looks like, he looks like a guy who belonged. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, he did. This was, of course, this is the way it was supposed to go. And I don't care. And you're you're just kind of in my way. You got steamrolled. You know what I mean? Even though they're performers working together, because that's the whole thing about wrestling. It's it's just a dance. Yeah. You know, but he fucked him up with this chair. It's bad. The noise, just the noise of it. You're like, oh, my
0: Christ. That's that's the thing that really fascinates me. I mean, certainly there there's a t- uh, just last night i watched fighting with my family which i think you would enjoy quite a bit okay um, oh you didn't see it i have not oh it's good yeah yeah you would, you would really enjoy it i feel like anybody honestly i think anyone would enjoy it but i think anyone who's ever had any history with wrestling at all would enjoy it quite a bit um and so you know the idea of like wrestling being wrestling being fake and someone says no it's fixed it's not yeah. fake. It's a very different thing. Um, and when you see, and then there's a moment where a guy's on the phone with like a promoter and he's talking to a, a wrestler that he kind of represents. And he's like, hey, he wants to know if you'll take one of these. Like, And it's like a trash can. He goes, if you'll take one of these to the head. And the guy's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, let's try it. And so he just like bashes him <laughs> in the yeah, head. Yeah. And, the guy, and the guy's like, ugh. Yeah, all right, I can do that, <laughs> it's a, and it's very, it's very funny. But it just, you know, it's like just because you agreed to take that to the head doesn't mean you're not taking it to the head, right? Yeah. Like for real. I mean, they might be pulling it a little bit, but at the same time, well, they've they've done a much better job now, you know, yeah. of,
2: of pulling that, and uh, they, you know, especially with the CTE and the concussions and things, mm-hmm. w b you, you can't you can't really hit a guy in the head with a chair anymore. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a really special move if somebody does it and you got to pull it so it never yeah. looks as good as it used to because it, it used to be guy was getting hit then with a fucking chair. I mean, it just, that's yeah. the way it was working. Um, and there would be guys who would, you know, they would do it softly. I remember being a kid and being mad if there was a bad chair shot. I'd be like, oh man, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, and now I can't, I, I, you know, again, as much as I enjoy violence and things mm-hmm. like that in the in the portrayal, um, there's this thing that, you know, there's there's extreme wrestling. You know, there's a thing mm-hmm called ECW, which was fantastic in the 90s and stuff. And then it kind of got subsumed and stolen by WWE. But now there's all these indie promotions Mm -hmm. and they'll do death matches and they'll do weapons matches and things like that. And they, I mean, I, I can't watch a guy get body slammed in the thumbtacks i can't watch a guy get a fucking pizza cutter run across his forehead until he's bleeding yeah dude well you know david arquette
1: i was literally gonna say did you see that david arquette did you see the clip uh i saw still it's
2: awful david arquette is a wrestler he actually is a pro wrestler now
0: oh i i knew i i knew that it was like i knew he always loved it because i think he's involved in beyond the mat a little bit right i
1: that i he don't might been, he might have produced, are it? You might have produced of ready it? to rumble the movie he was in? that he's in it's that, that yeah well, that,
0: oliver platt <laughs> that i knew but like i feel like for some reason it might have been like he was referencing beyond the map for some reason i connect okay. those two but yeah maybe i know ready to rumble and i knew that i thought he had done like some like sort of like novelty matches, but I, he's like doing it full on. Well, he was
2: involved in WCW a million years ago okay. and he actually won their heavyweight belt. Oh, and wow. it's a lot of people think that's the turning point when, when WCW fans just went, well, fuck this. And then they went under as a company and WWE wound up buying mm. them. But David Arquette now will do independent wrestling. He actually does championship wrestling from Hollywood. He was, he'll show up here. He's and he you know, he, cause he loves the performance of it. Also David Arquette is bananas if you don't <laughs> know that. So he winds up in a fucking match here in Los Angeles This is like five months ago. And, uh, uh, he he gets in a weapons match with a guy who, Nick Gage, I think is the guy's name. This dude's been in jail for bank robbery, like <laughs> for real. So he's well known as a guy who doesn't fuck around in the ring and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and there was he was supposed to fight another guy, but the guy, I, I guess, if I remember, he didn't get his visa or something didn't happen. And so David Arquette's like, well, I'll, I'll do it. Well, he, you know, he has the fucking clue. So he gets in the yeah. ring and, uh, the big things that they use, they'll use the, the thumb tacks are on the ground all the time. They'll use like I said, the pizza cutter in the fucking head. They'll put it in the mouth. It's so bad. Ugh. But the one thing that they'll always use in these matches is, uh, you know, the track lighting light bulbs, the very long light bulbs. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. They'll use those and they'll smash them over a guy's head. They'll smash them over his back, you know, and it's just insane. So this dude, Nick Gage smashes David Arquette and, uh, and he's got, you know, the bulb shatters. Then he grabs Arquette, he takes the back and he lifts his, by his hair up and he puts it across his throat like he's going to cut his throat. But what he does, unfortunately, is because Arquette is not, he doesn't know what's up with the weapons match. So he doesn't zig when fucking Nick Gage zags and you actually see it when he pulls it across. You see it catch and then go. And then David Arquette hits the floor and he's just on all fours and Nick Gage just kind of, you know, cause now you got a, you know, it's a show. Yeah, right. So Nick Gage has to kind of like walk around like, yeah, whatever. And David Arquette, you can see he's, he's trying to figure out what the fuck just happened yeah, I, and he's holding his neck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's blood, there's blood, blood. They, they missed the jugular, you know, but they did. He definitely opened the throat and he's like, he's holding it, holding it and he stands up and then his, he fucking flips. So he, he shoots, which is when you really fight, mm-hmm. he tries to shoot on Nick Gage. So he tries to grab him and stuff like that and he's hitting him and, and uh and Nick Gage just kinda rolls with it or whatever. And they wind up getting a fast ending to the match. Like uh, you know, and yeah. then our cat grabs a microphone and he's screaming at the fucking guy, he's just yelling at him, you know, you don't do that, but whatever the fuck. It just it it all blew up. Oh. But just to see him get the light bulb, you know, he goes to pull it across his neck and yeah. you see it catch, man, and you're like, Oh, oh no, like, no. I'm glad I just watched the uh yeah just saw the stills i mean i've i've you know i saw you know they've run cheese graters over guys heads i mean they're you know mick foley used to be the king of the death match and he there's a guy and i think uh, Onita, i think is the guy's name from japan so they would literally fight their dudes they would have these uh boards set up with explosives on them and you would slam a guy on it and it would blow up it would fucking explode when a guy got plant- and so they'd be burned and their clothes would be ripped up and that's what mick would do mick you know if you read his book bu- way, read his books by the way mick foley's first two books. It was phenomenal. So good. And such a peak inside the business. That? Uh, well, I, I stopped because uh, the first two were about wrestling and then he started, he became an actual novelist okay. and I understand he's good. You know, I understand that the books are great, but I, you know, I liked the wrestling content right. and he wrote a book about, uh, you know, being on the road and how he worked and you know, he would take his specialty bump was he would be on the, on the, the ring apron and someone would hit him and he would fall to the floor and right. land flat back and his head would hit the floor every single fucking time and he would just do it that was his whole because you know everybody else would take a bump or a fall and get caught or whatever but he he always wanted to look as seriously uh,
1: realistic as possible I still want to know what his novels are about Sorry. like are he, they about like a professional wrestler yeah. who solves crimes no no it's no like a kid you know estranged
0: from his father or something. you can't you can't buttonhole uh, uh, a yeah. Mick Foley his
2: um he honestly like he, he wrote a children's book about santa because he is uh he is fascinated by christmas it's he loves it so much he loves santa claus he loves christmas and uh dude mick foley's this fucking weird renaissance guy like (laughs) he is you know who he's fucking great friends with Tori amos
1: (laughs) that's awesome
2: because he one time (laughs) he was he was in the he was when he would be in the locker room he would listen to winter i think is the song Mm -hmm. and he would just sit with the headphones on and he would listen that would get him ready to get fucked up so and then he wound up meeting her and when he gave that anecdote out and he wrote about it in the book and then she reached out and they became friends, um, but That's the first two books are, are yeah, they're phenomenal. But then he wrote the Santa Children's book. But then he had a very well received novel, and I don't remember what it's called. It's, it's I, I wish I could remember, but it's it's but it's a it's a story of a family or a, a man who grows up. I think it's I think there's a baseball connection possibly. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but he's he's you know and. Uh, those two books are great. His first two wrestling books, Chris Jericho's books are great. You know, if you, if you want to get a real a real peek into not only what wrestling was like, but also on the road and life and things like that, it's just, it's phenomenal to watch or read. I should say.
0: I, uh, because I mean, I, I loved watching wrestling when I was younger and then, I kind of like like so many other people my age like Hulk Hogan was was my guy but I liked a lot of those other guys and then and then I just sort of fell off and then I tried to get back into it in high school it's like I don't recognize any of these people yeah you know what I'm I'm (laughs) not now but uh but I but I have watched a lot of documentaries about wrestling oh sure and and it is just fascinating like the process of it you know it's like a dance in one way but it's also kind of like improv like you really you can't hog the spotlight you you have to be you're responsible for the other guy and he's responsible for you yeah and usually one guy is
2: calling the match you know like because you'll see like that thing when they go to Whitman and the the things they'll be like clothesline duck under they'll they'll say they'll talk to one another in the ring the whole time yeah uh and and when guys become really good veterans they can that's why they used to say Ric Flair could have a match with a mop and you would watch it (laughs) intently because he could just he could sell like nobody's business let
1: me uh interject on behalf of the listener here who um likes movies let's give them a watch list you know so beyond the mat okay a- Andre is that what it's called <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a second well, I, I, I,
2: did you I, just fuck us up did <laughs> you just like literally go uh this is a movie podcast shut the fuck no, up is that what you just brought no,
1: to us quite the opposite I'm trying to keep it <laughs> on behalf of, of listeners who enjoy films but I'm saying Tyler you said you've watched a bunch of wrestling documentaries yeah, I expected you to name some of them yeah, so you've got um, Beyond the Mat you've got Under the Giant you've got Ric Flair I think there's one for the life of me it's frustrating because like a lot of them have just been
0: like up- uploaded to YouTube but they're not like YouTubers that made them so like there was one that was about, about Brett Hitman Hart uh, that was actually Wrestling there. with Shadows. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so, that was interesting. See,
1: this is good yeah. content for the listeners. <laughs> oh God. They're making it, they're writing little <laughs> notes to them, is, posting notes to themselves check. Listen, Tyler's wrestling. done this six hundred and twenty six fucking times.
0: <laughs> Get off his back. Um, and so yeah, the the Andre one, that that Hitman thing was solid like that was and well, that one was like really unblinking too, like they well really also because they got an ending, they did not anticipate getting no, they did not, and it was great, you yeah. know which of course that lends itself to everything yeah. dramatic and it works great and and then there was uh i think i think, I think it was espN that put it on it was like a, it was like a, a big list they did a, a whole program about like the fifty best wrestlers of all time and so and they devote about probably three to four minutes to each one and work their way to to number one Hmm. and it was it was really interesting because clearly in some cases they were trying to go like with controversy like Hulk Hogan was like number 21 or something like that Um, Tyler he clearly was number 21 if not lower (laughs) okay hang
1: on (laughs) I think we're getting into the generational age difference here because Tyler is a maniac, born and bread. <laughs> right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I've got one thing to say to you, it's a shame it's not a video podcast, and that's uh, <laughs> tear it off. Did you I, ever go? You would have been too young. Did you ever go to Hulk Hogan's pasta restaurant at the Mall of America? Pasta mania. <laughs> I did
2: not. Unfortunately, no. I saw him live. I saw I went to shows, you know, wrestling cards when I was a kid. I met Andre the Giant.
0: How's he doing? Uh,
2: not well these days. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> boy, He was doing good then. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, largest human being. Second largest. I, I actually uh, Shaq Bigger. Shaq's really? the biggest guy I've ever met and, and stood next to. And I sh- but I shook Andre the Giant's hand. And uh, I can palm a basketball, mm-hmm. and my hand disappeared inside of his hand. Oh, I do Just yeah. gone. It's, it's a little terrifying, I'm sure. Yeah. To well, like- he was coming to the ring to fight Big John Stud at the UIC oh. Pavilion, and he stopped to shake hands with everybody on the way, and he saw me, and he took my hand and, and, just, and literally just
0: enveloped it. It was yeah. craziness. I, uh, I met... Dakimbe Mutombo. Uh, okay, when he was in the on the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, and uh, it is—it's a weird thing. In the same way that when like people talk about you see a movie star in real life, you're like, whoa, okay, uh, that, I understand why that person's a movie star. Uh, and of course, you—I I had gone to basketball games. I've I've seen basketball games, and then you actually you encounter a basketball player, and you're just like. They they just exude a certain yeah. uh, aura, not merely because they're so damn tall, but, but also, also just, like a grace. Like yeah. I, it's just
2: they're they're just lithe and and just so they're vibrant, almost like they're they're just yeah. moving at all times. It feels like they're kinetic. That's I know what you mean. Like
0: they are they are i mean not to imply it's only this but i trust you know what i mean when i say like they are their bodies oh sure they have to be so tuned into their body at all time that like to be in the presence of one isn't merely like oh it's a tall guy i've seen tall guys before but like this is someone who's just ever present and is a <laughs> physical presence at all times and it's very it was very uh I was ten and it was like I'm uncom- <laughs> well, like, un- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somehow. I don't, I don't uh, know
1: why. I don't have any uh, meeting giant athletes what? stories. <laughs> Coming the other way, uh you Robin meant to be, Robin Robin, a Wright, <laughs> Robin Wright is minuscule. I feel like... Oh, for Princess Bride, okay. Just ge- generally, yeah. I feel like actresses in particular, they're made to stay so thin, but then think about, like, people look bigger on camera. Yeah. So uh, famous actresses, usually when I meet them in person, are even thinner than I think they are. And I remember meeting Robin Wright because I was a PA on a thing uh, and thinking, wow, she is... Uh, almost, she's barely there. <laughs> yeah. I, I met Holly Hunter, mm. and we shook hands, and I was like, I'm going to break you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified to touch you right now, because she's short, and she was super skinny, and I was like, and I love Holly Hunter, but yeah, like, on screen, I mean, of course, they can cheat this, but she's, you know, yeah. like, this height of Danny DeVito. Was super
2: <laughs> short. know um, that's the same reaction Andre the Giant had when he shook my head.
1: Like, I'm going to break you. <laughs> so, Tyler, was Hulk, was the Hulk your favorite wrestler then?
0: Um, I think so. At the time, there were no- I liked Jake the Snake. That's a good documentary too. Uh, oh, you to about-, about that one, yeah. yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts, yeah. yeah. Um, because, again,
2: another amazing, interesting story. Yeah. It just is from to hell and back, that kind of thing. And there's
0: there tends to be an underlying <laughs> sadness to almost all of these. Well, of course, because there yeah, The
1: snake is to hell and part of the way back <laughs> <laughs> no he's back now. he's good now come he on Jake's on, doing okay uh, he was just on Joe Rogan's podcast make of that what you will yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but yeah but these, these there's a movie called I I like to hurt people hmm. uh, I, I'm not ver- I'm not vouching for it at all I just know it exists okay. and I believe it's about the sheik uh, not the iron um. sheik Okay, but about a guy named the original Sheik. He was called <laughs> the original Sheik, and he was in Detroit, and he was just he was a maniac. He'd bite. He'd literally bite guys until they bled, like yeah. bite their heads and stuff. And he was, but that was the deal. Like he was the wild man, so people would pay to see him get his ass beat. But then he'd never <laughs> fucking yeah. lose. You know what I mean? So then they keep paying because they wanted to come back and watch him get killed. Uh, but then the Sheik <laughs> would never lose, and then he wound up having a. I think I don't know if Sabu is related to him or just trained it or him, but this guy named Sabu <laughs> fought an ECW, and he was a fucking psychopath. Still is. He just got banned from Twitter permanently. Cause he's a fucking nut, but he would literally like, he would do this. I mean, He was this high flyer who would set up a table and yeah. put people in the crowd. It's insane. Just insane stuff.
0: You do. Uh, and I did see this, the iron Sheik documentary. That one was, is fascinating. It's one of those things where it's like he, there are moments where he seems aware and you're like, okay, so is he faking this whole thing? You wonder if he's in on it. It's hard, it, He's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you read about so many of these wrestlers, like later in life, and like the idea of getting banned from twitter that doesn't surprise me at all like well, i'll tell you they, what they say so many things that get them in trouble and they're usually very extreme things like Ultimate Warrior, who passed on recently, but like he, like he terrible guy, say crazy thing, terrible person. Brutus the Barber Beefcake was was one, and he like had like political aspirations, and then like said yeah. some terrible things, of course. And you kind of wonder, it's like, I mean, these guys have been hitting the head a lot, I but you didn't like have to make a difference.
2: Right? <laughs> but you made me laugh because you just said uh, these wrestlers later in life. Hey, the ones you're hearing from later in life are the fucking lucky ones. Oh, oh absolutely, because right. a ton yeah. of them die at forty or thirty-three yeah. or thirty because they're all on fucking uh, you know I, I forget the name of the pill. There's OxyContin and, yeah. and shit like that you know because they that's they're trying to get through their days and nights yeah um but yeah there there are there's i will tell you this if you're interested in this kind of thing um on youtube it's a cottage industry now Mm -hmm. there are shoot they're called shoot interviews and they will they'll talk to wrestlers wrestlers will sit for an hour or 45 minutes or two hours and they will talk to an interviewer and, and they, he will ask questions about the time Arn Anderson was, you know, in a fight with Sid Vicious backstage Mm -hmm. stuff. We always heard, but we didn't know the real story on, uh, there's the the legendary stories. There's this, there was a wrestler. You would probably know him as Haku. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, he he would wrestle under the name King Tonga. Well, he's still around. I think it's his nephews or in new Japan. And when Mm -hmm. I was here in LA, they actually had him come to the ring, but King Tonga is this guy. They tell these legendary stories about how he is any, wrestler you ask from my era from the you know the 80s 90s who's the toughest wrestler you knew and they're like holy fuck, King tonga like haku you didn't fuck mm-hmm. with haku you never fucked with haku bit off a guy's nose in a bar oh. uh there was a basketball team like just in the in they were and they went to like a, a restaurant in japan there was a basketball team and uh some shit started and haku just threw a guy out a fucking window like it's like that thing where he didn't they they don't ken patera you remember ken patera name sounds familiar. uh yeah he was a guy he feuded with hogan for a while he was okay. in bobby heenan's family and then he oh, actually yeah, yeah. he actually went they, they turned this into a storyline but he was with a guy named mr saido there was mm-hmm. mr fuji and mr saido they yeah. were they were tag team champions well mr saido and ken patera this is legit they were in wisconsin and after the matches they went to go to mcdonald's because they wanted to eat so uh mcdonald's was closed and uh, Kempetero is just like, well, fuck you guys. You have food. I can see food on the goddamn shelf. Just give us the food. I will we'll pay you whatever the fuck you're going to yeah. throw it out. And then it's like, no. And, and imagine you know, Kempetero was an Olympic powerlifter. Okay, yeah. so he's a giant. Saito is just a fucking monster. And uh, and Saito doesn't speak much English. So they're trying to get the food, and then and they wouldn't let him in the door. Like, I assume cooler heads prevailed, right? Well, of course. Why else would I tell this story? And then they politely nodded, and they went back to their hotel and slept. Uh, the Petera throws a boulder through the window.
1: <laughs>
2: a boulder. Her, and they go back to the hotel.
1: So the what, fucking didn't even go in and get the
2: food. No, well, I mean at that point, then you're then, it's then you're breaking angering. We've made my point. Misdemeanor <laughs> vandalism is fine. You cross that threshold, immediately things start happening. So they go back to the hotel. They're like, "Fuck, they're pissed." So they go back to the hotel. Cops are called. Cops show up and uh, they knock on the door and say, "You don't answer the door." And there's two, there's different stories from different angles, but the, the I'll give you a, a thumbnail. Saido answers the door. It's a lady cop, and she just starts asking him questions. And he, does, he cops the, the whole Japanese routine. He's like, he doesn't know English, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then she just starts talking. And she's like, all right, we well, need to come out here, or whatever. And he just fucking breaks her face. He just, huh. he just headbutts her in the face, and they start wailing on her. So then they have to call these backup cops. And it's Patera and Saito take on like 15 cops. And literally, <laughs> this is totally true. Uh, they, one, they tried to hit Patera with a nightstick, and they broke the the nice that got his traps, his trapezius, crack, and then they finally subdued them and they took them in, and he wound up going to jail. They, you know, Patera did time, so Aida went back to Japan. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm leaving." Yeah. But Patera actually did. He went to jail for I like think two years. Wow. And uh, and then when he got out, because he used to dye his hair bleach blonde, and he was that you know strutting in the ring. But well, when he got out, they actually turned it into a storyline where he blamed Heenan for uh, for leaving him behind and letting him rot in jail. So he let his hair grow off brown, and he came out and he dedicated his life to chasing down the Heenan face. So they, I mean, there's no angle too shameful to be used in oh, pro I hope length.
1: the culmination of that storyline was him finally getting that quarter pound of oh cheese. Oh my God, yes. He got a deal with McDonald's, of course.
2: <laughs> um, but if you go find these shoot interviews that are on YouTube, if you're interested in this sort of thing, uh, and there's a guy named Jim Cornette who will tell the most, he's, uh, Jim Cornette used to manage the Midnet Express. Lover boy, Dennis and beautiful Bobby, the Midnight Express. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, and then their theme was the Midnight Express theme mm-hmm. It was just one of the best entrances in wrestling. And Jim Cornette is on these shoot interviews and they go and they uh, he's brilliant because he would, you know, he was a ma- He was an on, you know, on, in the ring talent. He was a manager and then he was a booker. And then he was a guy, in road agent, and he worked for all these... You know, he worked for the WWE. He worked for every company. He knew every guy. And he will tell you... He would tell these stories. And also, he is no bullshit. He is completely unvarnished, and he will tell you his version of the truth of everything. Um, He's not one of those guys who's like, well, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. He's getting everybody in fucking trouble. And he still works in wrestling today. He just signed with um, MLW, which is a small promotion, but he's going to start doing broadcasting for them, and he might work backstage. But but his shoot interviews are phenomenal to watch. And all these wrestlers think you... Because, again, the problem is like my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid with the road warriors, Hawk and oh, animal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but the thing is when they interview them, they, well, first of all, Hawk's dead, but when they, and so it's a terrible interview. And then when they, they talk to animal, <laughs> animal keeps kayfabe, which is the, mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, like everything was oh, real and sure, nothing. Sure. Yeah. That's he keeps that. Yeah. Like he doesn't betray the business. You need to get the guys who are willing to talk shit about the business, right. you know? So
0: it's, uh, okay. So two things. One is like the one guy that I've heard interviews with who seems to have, like, I, I mean, like, he's, he, he's a little bit political, but not in, like, the crazy way. He's just opinionated. Uh, but the one guy who seems to have kind of held it together mentally is Ted DiBiase. Like he, for the most part. Uh, well, you, you probably know more about him because of your other interests. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, yeah. The, the
2: other things you're especially yeah, I don't he, know how to term it, but I mean, but yeah, he's because he's a Christian, and I believe he's an ordained minister and stuff. Now. I believe uh-huh. he is now. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and and admittedly, like.
1: As tends to happen uh, He's like yeah I kind of needed to do this Otherwise Oh sure yeah I gotta dry out What the fuck (laughs) So what's up these days With the only wrestler I really remember uh, From when I was a kid Because I was a Budding metalhead The Undertaker He was the only one I liked He hung in there For a long time Is he he still there? Yeah Uh, He just fought I mean he He can't
2: fight anymore Okay But they'll trot him out For like a once a year match And actually They they did a card In Saudi Arabia last year Which uh, was not a good idea (laughs) Uh, But they got a fuck ton of money from the Saudi Arabians, and they were mm-hmm. like, "All right, we'll do this." They've done it two years in a row, but it, it, when they were promoting it this year, that was when the, all the everything went down with Khashoggi, mm-hmm. and so they literally stopped saying Saudi Arabia. They just started calling it the Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel, WWE Crown Jewel, <laughs> and um, an Undertaker fought with his quote really? unquote brother Kane, and they right. fought against Shawn Michaels and and Triple H, and again, these guys are all fifty. Yeah, and Undertaker, he has a lot exactly, (laughs) and he has, and uh, well, Shawn Michaels would have had the hair too, except he shaved it all off. But, um, but Undertaker is. now, a uh, he can't move. I mean, it's just that's the thing, it's a very difficult thing for him to have a match. So, they'll they'll try him out because the entrance is still it still lights up the building, yeah. the fucking bell and the lights out and all that stuff. It's phenomenal. Um,
1: is he, he still have the pallbearer? Uh,
2: no, Paul died. Yeah, Paul died. Yeah, Percy Pringle died. Um, oh, that's too bad. I liked him too. He was great, yeah. and, and but the whole gimmick was great. It was because in the beginning it was stupid. You're just like, oh, okay, he's dead. All right, that makes a ton of sense, <laughs> but it caught on because the entrance yeah. was so badass, and uh, and look, it's, it's, it's survived every bad incarnation of storyline to where it just he went from being that guy to being just a badass, you know that right. sort of thing. He he had never lost at WrestleMania. That was he had the longest winning streak. He had won at every WrestleMania, and then two years ago, maybe three, Brock Lesnar beat him. And it's it's funny. Go find that clip because when because nobody ever thought he would lose, and then because again it's all fixed, and so they always carried him, and he always won. And Lesnar beats him and pins him, and they they start panning around the crowd, and there's people. Who just you'd think nine eleven had happened. I mean, they're holding their hair <laughs> yeah. and just staring like, what the fuck? And it's a it's a famous clip of them. Everybody in the crowd, they're because they don't know how to fucking react. Um, but he's still involved, but he's not. He doesn't fight anymore. They'll try him out, like I said, very rarely yeah. for a special thing. But also, he's doing he's starting to do a speaking tour, and he actually just took a good thing. I think in July they're doing a, um, in in coordination with Fight Week. He's going to do a, a live appearance, and uh, they just registered uh, the dead man talketh. I think that's what it is or something like that so he's going to actually speak because he doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't give a lot of interviews and stuff like that but yeah so he, he's he fought as recently as last year
1: that's how funny be, he, he got up to speak and it turns out he has like a really high pitch dude
2: here's how old I am I remember when he was mean Mark Callis and he <laughs> okay. trained under the, the original spoiler and that's when who taught him how to walk on the ropes that that rope walk thing that he did because okay. I loved the spoiler because again I was a guy I, I didn't know who the fuck he was when I was a kid but he was he was a guy in a mask Mm. and just just i love that name the spoiler is one of the greatest names ever in my opinion and he would walk on the ropes like like a tightrope walker and then and he would drop a fist on somebody or whatever Mm. it was gorgeous
1: to watch i love the spoiler
0: so Real quick, the last thing that I that I wanted to say in regards
1: to wrestling, and incidentally, I, know, I think at this point this episode is about wrestling. It doesn't. I'm so sorry. I didn't. No, need no, to be no. That no. Guy. I, I, this, that's not a complaint. I, I find. I feel like we should steer into it. Right? All right. So I have
0: know. more things to say then. Yeah, <laughs> well, and,
1: and if we can mention movies, that would be good. No deal. <laughs> um, Ouch! So, uh, in fact, I'm never. You know what?
0: BP is pivoting. <laughs> we are only doing wrestling. <laughs> Starting at six twenty-six. That's fine. Um, but, uh, so being, uh, a big nerd as I am, um, I will sometimes go down that internet rabbit hole of like the worst toys ever made, like the worst action figures and stuff like that. So here's one like, oh, Punisher turns into a gun. Oh, shit, the barrel is basically his dick. Oh, uh, stuff like that. Like, it's, <laughs> it, 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 look for it, you'll see it. Okay. But one of them is like there was a whole line of, uh, WW, I think it was F at the time. It might have been, yeah, I don't remember, but uh, action figures, and it was called, like, Maximum Sweat. <laughs> and it was literally, there were, like, ten figures. One of them was uh, was The Rock. And they and you could put... Th- this is <laughs> insane. This is, the more I, th- I... Having to verbalize it uh-huh. makes me realize how dumb and idiotic it was. Anyway, uh, so you could, like, plug, like, a, a, a plastic tube, which led to a little plastic, like, squirt thing, and... Like I had an action figure of the Joker where you could do that, and like water would squirt out of the flower in his chest. Okay, okay. Uh, but it's like oh, but it's acid. Right. But no, this is you do it, and and like you couldn't even really see where the holes were. Oh, but, okay. but the water would just like just cover the action figure like sweat.
2: Like out of their head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's like you can make them sweat. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? I, I, I <laughs> <really> do appreciate <laughs>
1: the the toy design that you couldn't see the holes. Yeah. I was picturing like like Pinhead with his pins <laughs> Oh removed. good lord. Oh my Christ. It's just
2: but think of the thought train that gets you to there. Oh, sure. it, you know what kids love? Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Holy god they love watching their WWF superstars just sweat it up that's, the, <laughs> that's the
0: thing. Like, they clearly went through every iteration of like okay kids like wrestling they like action figures these are selling really well we need to come up with every single aspect of wrestling that kids might like and they're like fellas i've got it you know what what there's a common denominator through all of wrestling. Yeah. Sweat. We want maximum sweat. I feel like there was
1: a, like a Don Draper type who knows nothing about wrestling, but gave an inspiring monologue about sweat as a metaphor.
0: (laughs) These kids are going to be inspired to sweat it out. Oh my Christ. That's awful.
1: I mean, I I, I had not seen those. That sounds terrible. Ridiculous. Um, but I will, so I will say that, um, by the way, maximum sweat is now the name of this episode.
0: um, so, in t- okay, so you asked if if Hulk Hogan was my favorite favorite wrestler. I think it probably speaks to the type of wrestling fan I was, which is interested but still probably pretty casual. Sure. That he probably was my favorite. I also liked... Um, and of course, I, I mean, I, I, I liked uh, junkyard dog. Um, I knew you were
2: going to say, I'm not kidding. I was going to finish your sentence. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, Kids loved junkyard dog. And, and I did, I loved him at the time. He had time. thump written on his butt. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> thump. It was so funny. I loved it.
1: Well, I, I thought of another one that I remember from a kid. And I don't know if this is a WWF or WCW, but uh, it was a tag team called the Bushwhackers. Oh yeah. Butch and Luke. Who would do, yeah. they, I just remember because yeah. they did a weird like dance walk. Whoa. <laughs> they, they
2: Lick. Uh, they would lick their opponent's head and all yeah, that yeah. kind of craziness. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and that's and what's interesting. Uh, I remember the Bushwhackers, and I remember th- liking. Was the, that WWF or was that, that, that WWF?
2: Yeah, but I, but I, and before you, you'll finish your thought right. in a second. Before they were the Bushwhackers and turned into cartoon characters mm-hmm. in WW, yeah, WWF, they on the independent scene were known as the Kiwi Sheepherders, and they were one of the most violent tag teams in the world. Hmm. That was their whole deal. Is they could not. They were just. They would take a beating and just come keep coming at you and bleed and everything else. Uh, and just and, like sheepherders. <laughs> What? Of course. <laughs> yeah. And and then they wound up in the, uh, they wound up in the, in the WWF and then turned into a uh, goofballs, which is, that, you know,
0: that was the thing is like, I liked them as a kid, um, for a while. And then while I, because I was a kid, I wouldn't have been able to put it this way, but in retrospect, there's no question that I was like, "Yeah, they lack depth." That was, <laughs> that was like my. Eventually, I just I, I felt like I couldn't connect with them on anything. Yeah, they were just goofy, and that was it. It was like a silent comedy team decided to become wrestlers, and that was the end of it. <laughs> you
1: know,
0: <laughs> it's just a couple of pie fighters <laughs> that <laughs> strode into the ring. Um,
2: well, that's why you, my friend, should read Mick Foley's books because you want to talk sure. about depth and connecting with somebody. He has when he entered ECW. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole point was he. He was a guy who never got his due because he used to be Cactus Jack. Mick okay. Foley was, his character was Cactus Jack. And that's who he was in WCW. And, and uh, that's who the fans knew him as the hardcore king and the king of the deathmatch, Cactus Jack. And then he went into ECW and he was Cactus Jack. And he tried to, uh, the, the, uh, it's too long to explain, but because he wasn't getting the respect in WCW and all that. So he left and he went to this upstart company, ECW. And then he became, uh, he thought he was, the way they spun it was he thought he was going to be a conquering hero there. But, um, he had written the book, and his son's name was, was like in the in the book. His son was Dewey, and uh, there was a match, a cane match, you know, like a, with the big rattan cane. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone brought a sign that said "Cain Dewey" to the to because the, ECW's fans were rough. I mean, it was just the thing; they would literally bring weapons and hand them to the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they someone had a sign that said "Cain Dewey," and if you go find it on YouTube, the Kane Dewey promo. Where he actually cuts this promo, where he he's explaining how he tried to understand fans and how he he tried to be all he could for fans, and then someone brings a sign, Kane Dewey, that's my son, and it's it's just, yeah. dude, it changes everything. And in this in this, you know, it, ECW ushered in the Attitude Era in WWE, yeah. and and Foley was one of the Vanguard guys. Brian Pillman too was another guy, but they just you know that's and that's when I lit up because I mean I, I wanted to see real stuff and I wanted to see it get real weird because mm-hmm. um, I, I, that cartoon shit when I grew up yeah I mean I, I you know one of my worst the worst moments ever was when the Road Warriors went to WWF and became because they were good guys they had to make them good guys because yeah. you couldn't make them bad guys and one time they came to the ring with their manager precious Paul Ellering and he had a ventriloquist's dummy named <laughs> Rocco <laughs> and Rocco was the new WWE, he was the Road Warriors new mascot and I, I'm just staring at it I'm like you motherfucker <laughs> How dare yeah. you you know these are the guys who literally put a spike in Dusty Rhodes's eye and tried mm-hmm. to tear it out? you know what I mean, and but you couldn't market them like that because they were so over you had to make them good guys right so it's just and and and, and I understood all that as a kid, but that's what led me like you said you pulled away a little bit well that's what mm-hmm. led me to pull away because I would be like, oh you can't don't do that you know what i mean and and but that's I understood the business part of it yeah. but it was it was a little disturbing
0: and I had seen a, d- a documentary uh on Hulk Hogan, the name of which I forget, but um but he was, it was a very candid interview, and he was talking about um, Andre the Giant passing the title to him, kind well, of that's, passing
2: the torch. That's the Andre documentary.
0: But then, well, this, and yeah, so he talks, he's said that a few times, but then he also talked about, like, the time came for him to pass the torch to somebody else, and it wound up in, I believe, WrestleMania 6. I know because my friends and I, like, paid for it. Uh, the ultimate warrior who as a champion lasted only so long because Hulk Hogan in retrospect, he's like, he goes, there wasn't much to him beyond just the craziness, which can be fun to watch, but people do need, whether it be a, uh, what is it? A face or a heel. Uh, they need to like connect with them in some way. And it's like an ultimate warrior. There was only so much. And it's like, he goes, so it didn't take WWF long, to say like this guy isn't working out as a cha- as our champ. Well,
2: and also, but Warrior, if you do a deep dive on also, this, yeah. he was insane. Yes, and he he wanted all of this money, and he would write these yeah. long letters. And I mean, he's just a he's a piece of work that dude. Yeah. He was so uh, and so and Hogan is a he's a shifty guy himself. You know what yeah. I mean? So
0: he will tell you that, but there's ten other reasons why. Oh, you know? undoubtedly, yeah. Um, and it's but he gets to tell the story because he's the one who's still here. That's true, um, and he's the one that like. It's, it is interesting that like, because I do remember that my friends and I were super into Ultimate Warrior for a while and then not unlike the Bushwhackers, not that he was necessarily meant to be like comical, but, But he was shallow. There was a shallow. Oh no, depth, and because they started to pitch him as unbeatable, so he would come in,
2: he'd shake the ropes, then he'd win. And he he, when he won the undercount on the belt from the honky tonk man, he won Mm -hmm. in thirty seconds. Yeah. So and and the honky tonk man who had defended for almost a year and a half, Mm -hmm. then put him over, and then you know, and then it just it the honky tonk man was furious, but he did it. You know,
0: it's so it's so fun to hear these. These uh, names I haven't thought of In a long time like a man Now I'm thinking of The big boss man You know who it's not fun for? David and the movie listener
1: uh, Yeah <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually having a blast Do you enjoy this? Oh yeah This episode is so much fun okay. And I have a, a, another Wrestling movie related topic okay. Queued up okay. What do you guys think Is the best performance By a pro wrestler In a movie? Well, it's. I mean, it. I feel like it would have to be The Rock at this point, right? Like
0: he's he's he's, he's the biggest the star successful. in the world. He yeah. is he is truly he's transcended
2: into the biggest yeah. film star in the world.
1: Yeah. But if you had to pick one movie though, for him,
0: yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of the rundown. Me too. You know. That's for my head. Coach. I, so good. I love it. It's so good. Um, but I also I cannot. Say enough how much I liked the new Jumanji and how much I liked him in it. Um, okay. He's just a very, char- he's such a charismatic actor. Um, like, I could watch, and I mean, like, Rampage is mostly a shit movie, but I, I don't think, like, I won't see everything with The Rock in it, but him being in something.
1: Probably ups the likelihood that I will see it. That's so funny
2: because uh, he, he. Oh, go ahead, please,
0: David.
1: Oh, oh, just a real quick thing about the rundown. Uh, I'm not like a gun guy, but I do like to occasionally read the IMFDB, which is the Internet Movie Firearms Database, in which you can look up any movie and it will give you details about which guns were used in that movie. Um, I have to and, assume that's on a government watch list somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if it but, wasn't, it is now. <laughs> one of my favorite things from the rundown is when it's talking about the <laughs> shotguns he uses at the end. And I don't remember the part where he's holding two shotguns and so to rack them he like rests them on those like chicken coops or whatever yep. and like racks them and then the IMF TV says no this would be very difficult to do in real life
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes clearly it would
1: um,
0: I do think that's I think that's a, a good question well, but, but I, I, I cut yeah. you off or
1: you were going to say something
2: um, about the Well, I, it's because the, I go the other way with you like you said it, you're, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to go to the theater with him mm-hmm. but more than likely you're going to watch yeah I, I am waiting. For a perfect vehicle for him I can't because he's this is the thing He may have transcended movies even for me He's so yeah. huge And larger than life uh, I'm, I'm, We talked even before we, we Turned the mics on I'm excited for The Hobbs and Shaw movie right. I've never seen a Frame of Fast and the Furious I've, I don't know a fucking thing about it but That trailer the two and a half minute trailer of the internet version, not the one that's on TV. The one where he, right. where he mouths fuck you to him in the elevator. Yeah. It, it's, I was like, I'm in, I'm, fu- I will see this the day it fucking opens because I mean, I like Statham and the rock is the fucking rock. And I want him, it, it, I want, it, it's almost like, it's almost like wrestling. I, I gravitated toward bad guys because I wanted to see guys be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the, in the movies, the rock, just as they do, uh, the rock is the good guy. He's the ultimate good guy, no matter what yeah. role he's playing. um, and there's a thing now where I, I, you know, like with Richard Pryor, when Richard Pryor was making movies, they mm-hmm. took a dangerous, charismatic guy and neutered him to put him in films. Right. You know, unless you're counting, like I said, what which way is up and then Jojo Dancer, you know, because sure. he had a hand in those. But when they put him in the toy and shit like that, yeah. same thing with Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was a dangerous, different kind of guy in old school and things like that. Anchorman, you know, he was, he was taking chances. And now he's the, the lumpy dad guy in everything. And he yeah. and he and things they make them now the, the pro where like right. everything happens to them and they go what the?" I, everybody's fucking Stan Laurel it's like dude what the yeah. fuck man just be be aggressive or do something
1: speaking of Will Ferrell and Ric Flair Ric Flair was the inspiration for his character and, and on the, Eastbound but, and it, Down
2: and that might be the last great thing Will Ferrell ever did because it was <laughs> yeah. fucking he was again right. he was dangerous and mean and evil and over the top and he just was willing he, you know they let him go um, as opposed to now where they shove him in these movies where he's just like I don't know dear and it's <laughs> like oh, fuck what are you doing man <laughs> so with The Rock I go, I go the other way like I would I want to see a dark violent like I'd love to see the crow with the fucking rock in it you know what I mean something like that as opposed to this because I understand he doesn't he's a Mm -hmm. monster star he's he's Walt Disney basically um not that he was ever in a fucking movie or whatever the fuck but I mean (laughs) but you know what I mean he's just he's he's a brand name he's milk so you you can't
0: pitch dangerous milk (laughs) well and that's the thing is like he is he's a full-blown star I, I think he's, I think he's a talented actor, but obviously he's limited by being him, which is why I think like the Hobbs and Shaw thing is going to work because Statham is also that yes. Like Statham is only ever going to be Jason Statham. Like you call it Hobbs and Shaw, but it's, oh, it's oh, the, the it's rock. and Jason Statham. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, and so I do think that, yeah, I mean, I think uh, people pay to see the rock. I, I mean, and people, and I can't imagine him being, He's like Schwarzenegger in that regard. Like, Schwarzenegger, yeah, he may have played a villain in Batman and Robin or something like that, but it's always Arnold Schwarzenegger that you're saying and it's just, you're watching that. He just has that gravity, not gravitas. He has that gravity, uh, that just makes people want to watch him regardless of what he's in. Now
1: but, I haven't seen any fast and the furious movies in Hobbs and Shaw. Which one of them plays the imaginary tiger? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done. That's not bad. All right. I'm glad I stopped you guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad I stopped yeah, the Renter no, yeah, yeah,
2: joke. Pull the brake on the train for that for sure. <laughs> um, but, but the rock, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. He mm-hmm. is the largest uh, star in the world, the most bankable, movie star and he wants to make PG 13 movies because he wants to print fucking money. And I, that's fine, but I would love to see him in an R rated fucking movie like John Wick. Like if he made a John Wick, you know what I mean? Where, and, and, and just uh, because Schwarzenegger, he made R-rated movies. There yeah. were there was tits and there was swearing and there was violence and people blowing the fuck up and weird catchphrases and shit and yeah. that was that was great. Um, but the Rock is that he's he's a bankable star in the, in the most in the world. Uh, so he doesn't do that sort of thing. I, Even have, but I also
1: think in the. Uh, in Schwarzenegger's heyday that stuff wasn't seen as as much of a deterrent like yeah like Terminator 2 could still make like a ton of money despite yeah, being 12 rated and, R 11, 12, 13 year olds were still going to see R-rated movies that's in the true. 80s and 90s and then Columbine happened I, I don't know that's how that's how I remember it I got carded trying to see Eyes Wide Shut because of Columbine did
2: you just blame Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger
0: for Columbine is that what you just did <laughs> not directly <laughs> good but lord but I'm not saying All he's right.
1: off the hook either right.
0: good <laughs> lord <Yeah. laughs> If you go to David's apartment, you'll see a big whiteboard <laughs> with a lot of string. <laughs> I'm sure. String. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: a couple other, uh, well, obviously, under the Giant, Princess Bride. Um, Dave Bautista has turned out to be quite an actor.
0: Yeah, you in, know what? Uh,
1: Guardians uh, movies and also in that opening scene of uh, Blade, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, okay. you know
0: what? That, um, I mean, obviously, like, and Dave Bautista is definitely on his way to being a big star, but he doesn't have the type of charisma that The Rock has,
1: but you're asking, like, who is the best actor? Yeah. It might be Dave Bautista. I that, actually heard, I don't know if this Blade is performance. I was going to say, I, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they fleshed out the, the GC Blade Runner. I did not. Night? Okay, so I, I heard, uh, I, I guess the, in the initial script, they hired Dave Bautista just to be a heavy, and the opening scene was just going to be mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling taking down this replicant, and then they realized Dave Bautista could act and actually went in and fleshed out the scene and gave him yeah. more well, to nice. do.
0: Um... Oh, you know what? I just remember that Macho Man Randy Savage played Bonesaw in Spider Man. That's my answer. <laughs> so good. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs>
2: Randy Savage is a goddamn genius. Love him. Love. Him. Go watch his old fucking interviews and shit. Yeah. There's this one I talked. I just talked about it on my show like a couple of months ago. <laughs> he comes in because Gene Okerlund died. Mm-hmm. So I was talking about how the he had this chemistry with Savage in, the, right. in a way because Savage was you know Gene, Gene Okerlund was the one thing is he never betrayed it. Like he always played it like it was real, but also with a wink. You know what I mean? You could yeah. you could. Trust him. Yeah, he wasn't going to betray the business, but also he, he let you know he was in on it. Yeah. And Savage comes out once, and he's just he keeps going. Yeah, the cream rises to the top and he pulls out a creamer like a little creamer but then he keeps that's the theme of the interview and he goes yeah being Gene when he talk about the cream and he keeps he has them and like a magician he keeps making them appear and Gene Okerlund just keeps he's baffled just going, I, well I've never heard of such a thing and he just, you know, he just keeps filling them up. oh yeah I know you'd love to see the cream yeah and he keeps and he keeps making them appear out of fucking nowhere it's so great and he's wearing the fucking crazy spangled yeah, yeah. robe and shit oh dude so go watch any of that and, and then, then I hear that Okerlund's worst the guy he hated talking to the most was savage and i'm like well you never fucking saw it boy that made him respect him even more because those interviews were so goddamn good
0: well and also uh i mean he he acted a little but he wasn't particularly good is roddy piper although he's in an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia clearly being a like mickey rourke in the wrestler type yeah and he's hilarious and he's great uh but as a wrestler like even though he was when i was a kid he was a heel uh and he was just so crazy he, and
2: charismatic, and I, I loved him. But that's and the, that's what happens with guys like that, you know. With, because The Rock was a heel too. That's when he true. was beating up Foley, he was a heel, and uh, he was in, he was in the Nation of Domination, which was like a black power group essentially. So, but then he, he just he leaps out of the fucking screen so you mm. can't pigeonhole him and make him that. Yeah. And that's how it is with Piper. You know, Piper was a bad guy, but he was like, he was an awesome fucking bad guy. When he yeah. smashed Snooker and the Coconuts is one of the greatest fucking thing. First of all, fantastic band. If you've <laughs> ever seen them. But also, uh, that clip. Mm-hmm. Just, just where he, because he, fr- he was the first guy I ever heard use the phrase, just when you think you've got all the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> it was just yeah. after, he, he had just beaten up this guy like Frank Marino. He was a fucking slob, like wrestler. Yeah. And he was making fun of him. And then uh, he, and he also beat up another wrestler. Uh, he, he was also the first guy I ever heard use the phrase, uh, you don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. <laughs> he had just left a guy laying because the guy had like smarted off and he beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And he goes, you don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. And I'm just like, yeah, that, that
0: shit was what yeah. grabbed me, man. And that whole, the, the Piper's Pit thing where he Dude. was essentially like, Interviewing other people, but then would attack them in the middle of the interview, <laughs> Yes, like, That's the <laughs> snooker thing.
2: He he the, the snooker thing is so racist. <laughs> yeah. It's it, I will tell you this. If you go look at a lot of this stuff from the 80s, too, it's very racist. Oh, no, uh, yes. P- and Piper was bad. Yeah. Piper, like you know, he there was because there was a wrestler a ranager named Slick. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, Piper would ask him about his lips and shit like that. I mean, uh, it's bad, yeah. okay. But but Piper, he that's what he dude. You want to see you want to see a fucking miraculous piece of television, piece of tape. Uh, before Piper was in WWF. He was working in Portland a lot. He was also in the Carolinas. He was in you know. There's his dog collar and chain match with Greg Valentine is is like legendary. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine before he went to WWF and they. I mean he he uh, he fucking there's a you know he's got his chain wrapped around his fucking head. His Mm -hmm. ear looks like it's gonna tear off. McFoley had his ear torn off in the ring as a matter of fact. But uh, but Piper, there's a clip. And it's an interview where he's and it's funny, I show this to my uh, to like some comedian friends. I was like, look at this. And they've all looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, don't you see how good that is? Um, He was talking about he was in a feud with somebody and I forget who it is. And he's basically he's very serious because Piper could do that, that thing Mm -hmm. where he would lower his fucking brow and just kind of talk. And he's got a beer he's got a fucking beer in his head a bottle of beer and he's just like oh and he was talking I think it was the sheep herders I think and he's talking shit And he's talking shit and he goes and he literally smashes the beer bottle into his head it's, it's a real bottle he smashes it on a television interview he does it and he stops and he goes and he, he looks at the camera and as he's talking beers in his hair and blood just starts pouring down his face and he goes you sheep herders you get your ponies and you saddle up you bet and it's just and you're just like oh <laughs> Holy fuck he's so you believe it and also you believe it because you know he really did it even the fucking announcer and the other wrestler are like all right i don't know this guy <laughs> yeah. just went to another goddamn planet but that's but he those were guys who they respected
0: the business so much that they were like this is this is what we do you know what i mean right and that's that's what fascinates me is that there's you know there's athletics there's you know film and television and theater There's dance. There's all these things. And then wrestling is this weird combination of all of them that requires such a specific type of athlete, such a specific type of performer, someone that is absolutely willing to and probably someone that is honestly more than a little inherently crazy. Well, you have to be, you give your life
2: over. I mean, if you yeah. go, if you ever listen to any of the stories about Stu Hart, you know, training, that's mm-hmm. Bret Hart's dad. Yeah. And they had the, the fucking, the dungeon where they would train people. And Bret Hart tells the story of growing up hearing guys screaming yeah. in the basement because Stu was stretching them, beating their yeah. ass and teaching them how to, cause that was the thing is you had to learn how to be tough. And then there would be guys, you know, it was, it was a tough man's industry. Now, a lot of guys were, some guys weren't tough, but then a yeah. lot of guys were. And then, But then there'd be a guy, like if a guy ever got out of line, they had a, they'd have a stretcher come in, like Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Harley Race was the NWA champion, and they knew he was an NWA champion because in the old days, there were these fucking territories. And if right. the NWA champion came in to fight, sometimes the local guy would try to get cute. And like he would uh, try to sneak away and beat him, and then he'd be like, "Ah, you, what are you gonna do now? I'm the NWA champion, like yeah. that kind of thing." So they had to put it on a legit fucking tough guy who couldn't, who nobody could fuck with. Yeah. So that's why Harley Race would go town to town, and if anybody tried to bully nonsense, he'd just fuck them up. You know what yeah. I mean? That sort of thing. And those guys. You know, they were carousers. They were they were actors. They were you know, on, on the, when you saw guys on the microphone back then. That's why I said flair. Those guys influenced me in such a way where I'm just like their la- the use of language and the fucking
0: that larger than life. Uh, it just it it just worked for me. It always yeah. worked. You it's, know, it requires like a complete lack of inhibition combined with a boosting of well the best the best is when they would let them be themselves you know what I mean because
2: they would because WWE when they tried to make the sheep herders you know the the bushwhackers bushwhackers are fine they're just trying to make money but then there's Steve Austin sure all right so Steve Austin had wrestled all these different places and he was the ringmaster in some Mm -hmm. places he was you know the stunning Steve Austin all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff when he first came to WWE they tried to make him the ringmaster you know they gave him a fucking character so then he started to be himself more he was he was -hmm. literally a Texas rattlesnake that's what he wound Turning out to be, but and the the, the day it turned, that it was he was in a fucking fight, he beat Jake the Snake Roberts at King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Jake the Snake Roberts was his gimmick was he had he was born again. Because in in reality, he was born again. So right. he was kind of talking about Jesus a lot in his interviews and stuff. And uh and so fucking Austin beats him, and then Austin goes for the interview, and Austin says, uh, you, know, you come out here and you thump your Bible and you talk about your Psalms, you talk about your 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Yeah. And I, I remember watching it and it was a, le- it was a lightning bolt. You were just like, yeah. what, what? <laughs> and instantly t-shirts. And he was, he was the biggest star in the fucking world of wrestling. It was yeah. because he was real. You thought, Oh, that's a guy who would walk into a bar and hit a guy in the fucking mouth. You know what yeah. I mean? It says, and that was when they started to blur the lines a lot back then. And so, but that moment, because when they let him talk and they let him be himself on the microphone, that's when they, like you just said, they've got to be all these different things. And yeah. sometimes that can muck your fucking head up. Ronda Rousey, who is a UFC fighter is mm-hmm. now in WWE. She's terrible. Terrible because she's thinking way too much about what she can do. She's not a natural on the microphone. Right. What they needed to do was give her a mouthpiece so she could just come out and look tough and beat people up. Right. But instead, they tried to make her this personality and, uh, you know, she she was friends with Roddy Piper and she was Judo uh, mm-hmm. Jean LaBelle and those guys so she became the hot Ronda. You know, she, wore, she wears right. basically Piper's ring gear. Uh, this is a lot of fucking talk about nothing. Get to a movie. Jesus Christ, I apologize. <laughs> I'm taking <That's> over. <laughs> I think we're fine.
1: Yeah, we should actually probably have an eye towards uh, wrapping up But uh, yeah, Rousey. I don't know. I um uh what was the movie she was in? Um She's terrible. She was in the
2: Expendables. was was it in or Expendables 2, I think? Or she's in okay. and she's in also uh she's in a Fast and Furious.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh I guess I didn't see her in anything. Um but then there's also Gina Carano, who's Amazing. in Amazing Haywire. Yeah. She's in Haywire. Yeah. With Haywire's with is a great I movie. love. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh and she well she's in uh, Deadpool. She's she's so good in fucking Deadpool. Who's she in Deadpool? I haven't seen the Deadpool. She's movie. Uh, the the villain. I I don't oh, even know yeah. the name of the villain, but I mean oh, it's, yeah. You know, she's yeah she basically throws Colossus around for a fucking bunch of times. And, yeah. Uh, do you see Deadpool too?
0: Yes. Okay. So <laughs> th- it's it's okay. This is fun uh, because a lot of the film people that I know we're not really comic book people growing up, uh, nor were they wrestling people growing up, which is why this is always exciting. Went to have you on, because uh, uh, it was, it was we, were, we fits were into the same <laughs> things. Um, but you know, and I, I fancy myself like, Oh, a, a, a smart film guy. But what I will say is that like, I went to the critic screening of Deadpool two. And even though his presence had been foreshadowed shamelessly, when juggernaut shows up the 10 year, 10 to 12 year old. of me was like, Oh boy. Yep. I was so excited to see him. Yeah. And, uh, and they did everything that they should have done, which is like, he shows up, rips Deadpool in half yeah. and then just keeps running. Exactly. And it's, I just really responded to when that. they do it right. You're so happy. I think um, that's what it is. Cause yeah, yeah Vinny Jones and X men, the last stand didn't no. quite do it right. They gave him a great line,
2: but they then did. it just didn't pay off. Yeah. You know what's, you know what I, uh, I'm getting that from video games now. Mm. That's uh, right. You play a lot of video games these days. Well, I just um, I have a Twitch channel, so I've been mm-hmm. doing that, and I've been playing the Spider-Man game for the past two weeks. So Spider-Man heard great, was first great things. About well, Spider-Man was my that was mine when I was mm-hmm. a kid. One of the earliest photographs my mom has of me is I'm like five, and I have a Spider-Man and Mysterio comic book on my mm-hmm. lap because Mysterio is he's my I, I'm so happy he's in the new movie. Yeah. It's 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 time. It's just fucking time. So uh,
0: he's the villain we need right
2: now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in the mo- in the Spider-Man video, game, mm-hmm. I'm playing it, and uh, and it's that thing where because you're, you're literally Spider-Man, it's it's astonishing. You're swinging all through New York. You can go to the top of Avengers Tower, at the top of the Empire State Building, and, and they did they've rendered the entire city, yeah. and you can go all over. You can go to Chinatown, you go to Harlem, go to the Upper West Side, Central Park. It's ridiculous. But in the beginning, you're fighting. In the first fight, you fight Kingpin.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So Kingpin's in the game, and you you get a taste of him and stuff. And then later on, because uh, I you know I again I, he's got the best rogues gallery of villains, even better than Batman's. Um, it's up there. It's for me. It's it's I, I can I can name you twelve solid Spider-Man villains, and I can it's, give you maybe eight Batman.
0: I'm a. i am i also think that uh, X-Men has a pretty good rogue gallery. Do as well. absolutely. I yeah. will agree with you there. But Spider-Man, it's. But,
1: here, but the, the thing issue, with X-Men is that any of them could, like, a few issues later, be a good guy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is actually <laughs> what I like about X-Men. Uh, yeah. But all of their bad guys yeah. are, or, or other way around too. You know. Uh, uh, what just happened? Um, uh, Cyclops killed Xavier. Like, and it just happened. It was like six years ago. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah.
0: I think my issue with Spider-Man's Rogue Gallery is that I feel like up until up until Venom, and then they turned him into a good guy too because Carnage came along. But like up until Venom, I felt like he never had his one. He never had his Joker or his Magneto. Like he never had like the one villain above the others that he felt like like the yin to his yang or whatever. Like, do you feel like? Uh, let, let me. I, and people said
2: Green Goblin. I right? was going to mention the Green Goblin, okay. possibly. You know who? But honestly, for me in the comic books when I was growing up, uh, I thought Hobgoblin was, actually was yeah. was that more than Green Goblin. I got Green yeah. Goblin. I understand he is his Joker. That's how he's in the books. That's how it's painted. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. They fucked with it in the movies and changed who it is and stuff right. like that. Um, but but in the comic books, Green Goblin. Is is Spider Man's Joker? Although the the first villain he ever fought is the Vulture, if I remember correctly, I think that I think that's the, the was, oldest. He was like one of the super villain. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember exactly. But um, and Doc Ock. I mean, he, he has just yeah. all their. So in the, it, I I have to just finish this thought. I apologize, that's but fine, Kingpins sorry. in the beginning. oh no, please. And then uh, and then you wind up fighting a lot of gang members. There's a lot of street crime, and you're really mm-hmm. there's all of it, a ton of it. And I'm just going, man, like where? What the? F- I, you know, I really wish there were a lot more super villains in this game. And then you run into
0: Shocker. Yeah,
2: and you're like, that's. Crazy because I mean I wouldn't even expect the Shocker to be in the goddamn game. Right? You know you're expecting the big big names. So you beat Shocker and then it's uh they have a new there's a new supervillain who kind of is the mean guy and all these mm-hmm. things and there's like a city hall bombing at uh, 200,000 people die or whatever the fuck all this bad shit happens and I'm and there's no supervillains and I'm, I'm like 70 percent of the way through the game and I'm like Jesus Christ so I tell to my buddy and he goes just wait. Mm. And I don't want to give anything away for anybody's playing the game. Right. But now I'm in the middle of the end, and oh my god! And you yeah. want to talk about seeing when when you talked about when you sat there and you, you saw Juggernaut. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm I'm playing this game, and you see the Rhino charge out, and you're yeah. like, oh my Christ! And he's moving, and he's talking, and it's just it's like yeah when when the 89 batman came out mm-hmm. i saw the movie pumpkinhead in the theater six times to see the batman trailer before pumpkinhead and to stay and watch the batman trailer after pumpkinhead <laughs> cuz i just thought it was batman moving on screen it was yeah. the joker talking they were it was real it was going to really happen after years of telling us it was going to happen yeah. it was me in a in a bath towel cape in my dad's chair when i was fucking 7 <laughs> yeah. and i was I, I went over and over i paid to i paid to see pumpkinhead six times because the them alive and moving is is such a joy from something that you remember deep inside yourself it just brings something out of you and that's why i mean i'm caped out now on a lot of movies and stuff like that because the problem with the avengers and things for me is um no rogues gallery literally they're fighting pixels the entire goddamn time yeah and it's a drag like i mean it's all space monsters and stuff to the point where the best avengers fight of all time is avengers against avengers you know what i mean on the on the airplane the the the, the hangar um (laughs) <laughs> you didn't, not for I the movie or not for the fight.
0: Uh, either one, I, the fight be- w- between Cap and and Iron Man. And uh, Winter Soldier or Bucky, yeah, that's great. It's, I love that. It's a
2: great fight, but boy, I and when I say caped out, uh, c- can we stop killing fathers? Can we just stop <laughs> with the death of the father? And yeah. also, I, I find myself in a tricky position there, where um, all of a sudden there's there's a perfectly framed video of Bucky killing Tony Stark's father. <laughs> Fine, yeah. whatever the fuck. Uh, I'm I'm over dead fathers for, as inspiration for any of that stuff. Yeah, that's but,
1: why you like Spider Man. It's an uh, <laughs> exactly, it's an uncle. It went the other way completely. Um,
2: but uh, in that fight, I'm rooting for Iron Man. Fuck Bucky. Fuck Captain America for protecting Bucky. Fuck them both. He killed his fucking father. So step aside and let him fucking take an ass whooping from a guy in a goddamn garbage can suit. (laughs) What the fuck, man? How dare you? How dare you come up with a, no, I don't know. Let's let's think about this. Think about this. I got news for you. I got a fucking 1989 version (laughs) video of him snapping my dad's neck (laughs) and my mom. Didn't he kill the mom too? Yeah. Holy fuck. (laughs) And I'm supposed to sit back while this motherfucker with his swishy hair is going to fucking tell me everything's okay? Fuck you, Brick Girl. I'm kicking the shit out of you. You killed my parents. But Captain America's like, oh, hold on a second now. Let's have a chat about this. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> fuck you.
2: You fucking hostess fruit pie motherfucker. Sit down and take your flag and leave me to fuck this guy up.
1: I think... That's this a is a great place, place yeah. to uh, to to put a to to, to button it up. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. This is uh, not, nah, dudes. I love doing it. Thank you for asking me. Honestly, a lot of fun for me. I want to watch all these wrestling documentaries. Uh, watch the shoot videos on YouTube. I'm telling you, you'll go down a rabbit
2: hole and disappear. Also, prepare yourself emotionally. Okay. Oh my Christ! <laughs> yeah, because <yeah. laughs> if you knew these guys when they when you were young and they were your heroes, <laughs> pretty rough. Yeah, you um, start hearing about raving, you know, fucking girls with Saturn in a goddamn hotel room, yep. and then uh, yeah, it's rough all
1: oh, right uh well you can find uh us you won't find those videos but you can find videos uh, <laughs> uh, and uh lots of movie reviews and other podcasts and stuff at battleship pretension.com uh you can email us at david at battleship com or tyler at battleship com. you can find the patreon at patreon.com slash battleship pretension uh i'm on twitter at davy pretension tyler's on twitter at tyler pretension and uh anything you need to plug uh, uh, so over at more than one lesson, um,
0: I still haven't started the podcast back up, but there are still other podcasts happening at the at the time. And uh, our friends at uh, the Fear of God, which is the uh, horror podcast, they have uh, decided to get a little experimental while talking about the Black Mirror. Uh, was it Bandersnatch? Is that what I guess, it's called? I didn't like see the it. Choose Your Own Adventure. And so they essentially recorded two separate versions of that episode mm-hmm. and you can choose which one or both. Uh, so That's like fine. I like that
1: they're That's trying to do. I like uh, That's pretty things. cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, Mike, where can people find you on the Internet?
2: Uh, well, you guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt dot com. You guys can follow me at Facebook. Oops, sorry. At Twitch Twitter.com/ Twitter dot com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at Facebook dot com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at Twitch dot TV slash the 40 year old boy. I stream every day Tuesday through Sunday, three o'clock usually Los Angeles time in the afternoon. We go four hours. We go on five hours. We've gone 11 hours one time oh my gosh. um what was the game or, uh, or did you switch that up? might have been no we play i think that was god of no that was red dead redemption 2 okay. yeah we Very played that uh, phenomenal that's the thing is i'm spoiled because i started with red dead redemption 2 mm-hmm. i haven't played video games in 15 years 17 years and to start with that one now everything after you're kind of like meh but i mean but, yeah. but spider-man is killing it and i you know i played god of war all fun resident evil 2 but anyway so twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy uh, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy and there's a podcast called the 40 year old boy available in the itunes store subscribe now and if uh, i if i can one more i'm uh, oh, yeah. i have a youtube channel if you go youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy all 11 years of my podcast are archived there you can go ahead and jump back and listen to year one and then come back and listen to the show every thursday morning it comes out in the itunes store there you go
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, I like, I mean, your, your branding is very consistent. Yeah. You managed to get yeah. the 40-year-old boy uh, forever. Has anyone tried to, to steal it out from money? like, is there a new, did, did someone start a vine at the 40-year-old boy and try to sell it to you? No, but there
2: is another comedian in Los Angeles named Mike Schmidt, oh. mm-hmm. and, uh, and he is from the Midwest, Hmm. And he did Rogan's podcast, which you know is a gigantic, yeah. uh, cause everybody, people have been trying to get me on Rogan's podcast guy, fans. And then I had another guy who had a connection. I would love to do it. But, uh, but Michael, but this guy, Mike Schmidt did it. And I, I didn't know, uh, I knew he existed because occasionally yeah. I would get an email or something for him, but I fucking wake up and my phone is going crazy. And I'm oh, like, yeah, God. yeah. Like listeners are crazy. Oh. And they're like, dude, you got Rogan. Why didn't you fucking tell us you got Rogan? And I'm just like, uh, and then followed slowly after by the, Oh, who the fuck? is this guy and, I, and I'm sure he, I'm sure he's lovely he's terrific he's actually he's a doorman at the store mm-hmm. and he used to be a public defender I guess in Minneapolis so oh, well. that's what he was on to talk about was law and things oh, like that so yeah I've never met the guy but after Rogan's show every day I would get three notes oh boy. Uh, for people who wanted me to help their friend who was in jail like literally that, that <laughs> nothing about comedy but all yeah. stuff like I have a question about habeas corpus well <laughs> oh, good luck <laughs> well um, I think you're uh, missing an opportunity here certainly I, there I, was I re- a- all my friends said that they go you absolutely do with them right didn't you and I just like please I can't I got no time <laughs> uh, certainly
1: there's been a wrestler named habeas corpus at some point <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> dude <laughs> all right you, you open this up and I apologize when I was a kid I was gonna go to Larry Sharp's monster factory and I was going to be a professional wrestler I called them I got the prices I was I was ready. I was set. I had a plan. When I was 18, I was going to go to New Jersey and uh, I was going to be the judge. <laughs> And I would have the death sentence would be my would be my finishing move. And I would wear a robe and I would do the, the whole deal. I mean, I, I had it, the whole gimmick. I had it all fucking picked out. I told them on the phone. I pitched it and they were they loved me on the phone because I could talk. And, but I was also a fat doughy idiot. So if I would have shown up, I would have got my ass beat. But I was ready. Uh, but yeah, so it's funny that you you mentioned that there was a habeas corpus. But I I had the finishing the death sentence was my finishing maneuver. And uh, it was just yeah, it was great.
0: And you could hit people
2: with a gavel. Yeah, that's I mean, the whole. This is what I'm right, t- right,
0: it was there. <laughs>
2: Especially at a time where they were doing those types of characters. That yeah. would have walked in him in the king.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, that's great. Thanks again. We'll get you next time. I was saying thanks to Mike. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.